Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the uh, delayed but never stopped broadcast of the Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. My name's Jeff, and uh, I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be on here shortly. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for uh, standing by as we dealt with holidays and sickness the other I wasn't it wasn't like a really bad <clears throat> as I now, now I have to cough <clears throat> it wasn't a really bad cold but it's one that just kind of is likes lingering out and hanging out and asking how you're doing every 15 minutes kind of like uh, relatives do sometimes on uh, on this holiday <clears throat> but welcome 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 uh, we have kind of a hodgepodge of a podcast to put together uh, uh, this morning. Um, we have schedules uh, to keep to. We're actually recording this during the week, so Todd's got to get to work. I've got to get to work. And being gone for a while, we're having what I will call kind of a holiday leftover sandwich, you know, where you take a little bit of the meat, a little stuffing, maybe a little cranberry, maybe a little shot of whiskey on the side, and then, you know, you have that for breakfast. I'm kidding. Uh, You have it for lunch. Um, so we're going to do that. It's going to be a little rough. It's not going to be very, very well produced, but I'm, I'm sure I have a few kind listeners that are out there that are saying, uh, since when is this produced? Well, so, uh, touche, good point. Um, before we introduce the, um, the co-host with the talent, I want to send some shout outs. I was in San Francisco. I was there on business, uh, Denise, Mel, Melissa, um, uh, uh, trying to think of others, um, uh, Bill, those kind listeners that were out there that took some time to, uh, give me some feedback and to tell me how much they appreciate the show and listening to the show. I can't tell you how much that means, uh, to Todd and I to, uh, have a little time to, uh, discuss how the show's going and what they're looking for. And then also giggle about all the other fun stuff we do in the show. So big shout out to them. Big shout out to Local 122, Local 16. Uh, they uh, made the event out there very successful, and, and I do appreciate all of their hard work. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get uh, uh, Robo Man, Robo Arm Man, One-Armed Thief, Thief of, of Many Thieves, uh, he used to, he just had a huge ice wrap on his ice wrap on his shoulder. He has since removed it. Uh, he's, uh, donning his ever so quintessential Batman shirt. Please, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Todd to the show. With that introduction. I, okay, good. I, I, the adults need to talk. Stop. <laughs> I, I need to ask right up front. Can I use what you said at the first as a slug line on my movie poster so it's Todd, delayed but never stopped? That right. should be the slug line on my movie. I love it. Done. Sold. For a dollar. Okay. One of my favorite uh, sayings is uh, um, t- uh, Dr. Disrespect on Twitch says, uh, 
I'm in I'm in the best shape. I'm in what does he say? I'm in I'm in prime condition, and I'm not even in shape. Ooh, I like that yeah, one which too. Is, which is kind of funny for for four people out there that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? Welcome back. Give us I'm a good. give us you, a Jeffrey? tot. Up, I'm doing good. Give us a tot update. What's going on with the arm? Did they remove it? I see you have a giant Vix uh, vapor uh, humidifier upside down in your in your in your background. Uh, is that part of the therapy? Is that do you have to lift those up every day? It does, isn't it? You're practicing lifting. Well, actually, I've been meaning to tell you that it wasn't shoulder surgery. I I, I don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> uh, honestly, what you're seeing and the kind of listener cannot see is my wife taking over my room. Oh, uh, for Christmas decorations. Oh, so this morning I didn't tell you battling to get into this room oh. to say, oh, here's the setup. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Because she also took it all apart. I, I really thought I was going to have to text you and go, um, hey, Jeff. Oh. I can't find the power supply for my board. We're <laughs> doing this morning. But luckily, uh, as luck and fits of anger would have it, as I searched through everything, I found the power supply. So oh. that's what you're seeing here. Oh. Yeah. So your space, Y-O-U-R space, mm-hmm. is now her space <laughs> that sounds like a an ad campaign that myspace missed out on oh you know that's true but um th- but this happens every uh, year at christmas oh, time oh, because, oh so you're acclimated well th- i have this little bitty and here I'll, I'll even pan over so jeff can see it oh i'm too wired up you can't see it but there's a okay where i was trying to go to there's this teeny tiny little hobbit door that leads to a small attic where we keep all the christmas decorations she pulls it all out and i'm like um hey you, you know i record in that room and she's like yeah <laughs> you know i can't get in there yeah so yeah that's that's the happiness of almost 30 years of marriage oh my lord you have a hobbit door yeah it really is it's maybe uh i'd say it's about four That's how nice your house is. Uh, and over here, we have um, the Hobbit door. <laughs> he's, he's now he's now turned off his camera. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. This is really weird. Okay. <laughs> and he just did a magic trick, folks, that I uh, cannot really describe. It involved a uh, nonverbal communication. Well and received. This is riveting podcasting when we do <laughs> visual. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Huh, so that's what I did with all my time when the uh, show wasn't on." <laughs> I cured or I, I was get cured. I cured cold fusion. I solved cold fusion. Now we're back on the air lowering the collective IQ. All right. So you're you're doing well. Did you have a good uh family uh turkey day? I I don't know why I'm so PC scared to say Thanksgiving. This is, you know, as somebody that broadcasts, I'm just scared now. Can you say Thanksgiving? Is there somebody that's anti-Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving? There is always someone anti-everything. Let's just establish that. This world feels the need to say, hey, I hate that. Right. Everybody has that. Lord. So Um, it was good? Did you cook? Did you make? What did you do? I did not cook anything. That uh, Thanksgiving Day was actually my birthday. And I got a big turkey and dressing dinner for my birthday and... You know, having a holiday birthday, and it only falls on the holiday about once every six or seven years, 
it's the most anticlimactic because everybody's like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm like, hey. But, you know, I'm also 52. I don't give up anymore okay. about that. Let's see. And I felt bad because I did see that on social media. And, I mean, you are the co-host. You are the, the, you know, the man with the plan. And I felt awful that I didn't know when your birthday was. So Hang on. I'd like to backtrack. I'm the co-host. I'm the man with the plan. I don't get to be a friend. You can't just simply say you are my friend and I saw that and I felt bad. It's, oh, you're this and you're that, but you're not that. Well, I thought maybe if I brought those up, it would make the kind listener even hate me more. <laughs> We're back to the camera being blocked and nonverbal communication in three, two, one. Hey, who's number one? I think I... <laughs> I think I'm number one, folks. No, I didn't mean to leave friend out. I was I was trying to make myself look worse. And even when trying to make myself worse, I accomplished it on a whole other level. So, But that's a skill we'll get into the other day, uh, some other time. So you had turkey, you had turkey stuffing. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite out of the whole, you know, usual smorgasbord of food that's on the Thanksgiving table? What is your favorite? What's your, your mine, mine? So... I'm not going to lie. Thanksgiving is my favorite of the holiday type things. You know, at Christmas, yeah, we all give presents. We all get all this great stuff. And it's basically the same meal, but there's something about Thanksgiving. And I think it maybe it is because it's my birthday. Sure. I, I, I can't separate anything. I have to say this. It's turkey and dressing together. My mom makes the, the best dressing. Simply, I'll put it up against anybody's. But with the gravy on it, then my wife and I get fresh corn and we cut it off the, the cob. And you have to do something that's crucial, which is, I didn't know this until a few years back, chefs will then scrape the ear of corn mm-hmm. for the remaining juice, and it's called the butter of the corn, mm. and it just adds an extra zest to it. Those things together, corn, dressing, turkey with, with the uh, gravy on it, oh dear lord, I, I'm in heaven. And you enjoyed it, the uh, family was there, everything yeah. went smoothly, there wasn't any hot topic that hit the table? No, there okay, wasn't. Um, you know, it, it was a great day. Good. We, the, the girls then took me. We went to San Antonio for the weekend to get away. So it was really a great weekend that allowed us just to chill. How what? was yours? Mine was good. Um, we have a kind listener in San Antonio, Chris. So a shout out to Chris. You uh, you were uh, you were close to close to the other half of the other kind radio. So that's good. Well, Chris, you didn't see it, but I raised a glass to you while I was there. So there you go. Um, so I made my first apple pie, um, crust from scratch. Yes. I had, I had much help, uh, from the lovely, uh, Catherine, but, um, got that knocked out. That was pretty good. And then I made my father likes, uh, uh, tomatillo enchiladas. So I did, uh, chicken enchiladas with tomatillo sauce. Um, and then of course we had turkey and everything. We, uh, went over to my uh, parents' house and had a wonderful meal. It was, it was fantastic. Um, you know, just sitting down. But the weird thing is, is due to sickness and and scheduling, we actually had our turkey day on Sunday, which is one reason why we didn't record. And I'll tell you what, it was kind of nice to have it on, not on turkey day, because you have, you work on that Wednesday, then you got to get up on Thursday and you got to cook all day. And it's just crazy, crazy. So we actually had a couple days when we were sick to try and get better. And then it was a little more relaxed, uh, uh, meal in the evening on Sunday. So we had a great time, uh, hung out with mom and pop. Uh, I told a tasteless joke at the dinner table, uh, after I got their permission, uh, that went over, uh, as well as I thought it would. And, um, now we're 
Getting ready to uh, lead into the big holiday season, we've got uh, my birthday, which is uh, a week from yesterday. That'll be coming up. So we're going to do something on Sunday. We'll, we'll still bring you an episode Sunday uh, morning, uh, but Sunday night we're going to go out and have some uh, dinner. So and then and then this is the part of the year that. Um, just goes by like that. I mean, all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving. Then you got a couple of weeks since Christmas and it's New Year's. And the next thing you know, it's June. And you're like, you know, I'm 57 years old. So it's, it's June. Damn. <laughs> you you really do. <laughs> so. Excuse me as I cough. All right. So, well, that's good. I'm glad you had a good turkey day. Um, we are going to have a uh, shortened version um, uh, this week of Todd's take, take on Jeff's Judgment. And then we thought what we do, <clears throat> kind listener, just for you, is this, this is, and Todd, correct me if I start going in the wrong direction here, but generally, <clears throat> other than 4th of July and some other uh, portions of the calendar year, this is the movie time to display, I'm doing an awful job of describing it, but this is basically the hot center of movie releases. I mean, you have Thanksgiving, which is a holiday. Christmas, you have a lot of time where families are together and they can go see a movie together. What better way to share the love in a family than go sit in a room, a dark room, where you can't talk for two and a half hours. That's true family time. I think that that absolutely describes what the holidays are to most people. Give me a dark <laughs> room, it's cool. I don't have to talk to you. Okay, let's go. Right. So we're going to talk about that. I mean, we actually owe Chris from San Antonio a shout out because he was, uh, I was talking to him and, and, uh, he was like, you know, there just aren't any movies that I'm excited about, uh, coming out this season. So I figured we'd run through those real quick and kind of give the kind listener a little preview to your winter final 2018 movie release. But before we do that, let's go ahead. And it's been a while, so I hope it works. I haven't tested it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, it's working. There's the projector. It's time for Todd's take on. Todd, what's your take on this week? My take is on the new Netflix show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Now, this hit around Halloween, but obviously we've kind of been uh, a little bit occupied over the last couple of weeks with illness and whatnot, as has already been described. So I want to sneak this one in and just say that it's a really nice uh it's a nice version of the Sabrina, the teenage witch that you probably all know from the Melissa Joan Hart TV show. It was a, a character that's originated from the Archie comics. Well, the man in charge of this is also the man that does Riverdale for the CW Riverdale. If you're not familiar with it, and we've talked about it before is that it is the Archie comics brought to life in kind of a dark Twin Peaks way. Well, do you think that was dark? Wait till you see The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is a fun little note if you look at the, the title. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is C-A-O-S, chaos. And oh. basically, it is chaos. It is a dark, dark, dark version. This, woman, this little girl is truly a witch. They truly worship Satan. It is dark, but it's still whimsically fun in a lot of ways. I'm about three-fourths of the way through it. Hello, who's there? Uh, hey, it's Jeff. Uh, thank you for answering the door. Uh, quick question. Um, what's the difference between Sabrina and Buffy? Thank you. I'll uh, hang up and listen. Well, one's a witch and one's a vampire hunter. But are they like brothers and sisters? or? No, they're third cousins thrice removed <laughs> from six towns away. And folks, that's how you irritate Todd in about two and a half seconds. Okay, no, I just didn't know if they were the same or, or somehow followed each other. Okay, please continue. No, they're not. 
and and I don't want to get too deep into this because, like I okay. said, I'm three fourths of the way through it. My daughter brought this to me; she loved it. Now she also knows that my opinion of TV shows is this now, and it's because of the Netflix model has ruined TV for me. Give me ten uh. episodes that 100% tell me a story all the way through. Do not do the this is a standalone episode that has nothing to do with anything unless for some reason it's a character trait that is so essential that you just tell a separate story this thing after you watch the first episode you could skip the next six Ooh. and then watch the last three yeah um and so it's even like sabrina buying groceries sabrina gets an ear infection it becomes really you know it's the first time that she's uh giving herself to the dark lord is what they call it whoa and she she stands up against it and it becomes a lot of drama in the high school which is not they're not badly done it's just okay where's this going okay where's this going and and my daughter abby keeps saying i promise when we get and she'll stop and look at the episodes i think it's this episode and it's she's always wrong okay no i think it's this episode well we're finally to the episodes where she's like i know it's this one so it's the last three. We haven't gotten there. It's very well done. If you don't mind things like that, you won't get stumbled on it. Um, everything I've read is that the, by the finale, it's great. And this guy who's running it is actually a friend of Richard that does uh, Men of the Apes with me. Oh. He, this is a guy that he tells the story, was a comic book nerd that used to come in his comic book store, and they talk and talk and huh. talk. And all of a sudden, Richard saw, um, did you just take over the Archie comics? And he's like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, why didn't you tell me these things? And now he's on running the shows for him. He's like, because I don't have time for, for small people anymore. I'm big time. Well, to, to credit him, he said, because I didn't want to seem like I was bragging. Nice. And was like, okay, that's nice. But at the same time, that's kind of where you go, hey, dude, I'm super excited. I got this. Right. Then it, I digress. Um, the show is really good. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm hoping the end really makes my investment worth it. Because if I come back next week and go, by the way, that show sucks is right. because that they screwed me around for a whole season. I love That's it. it. Very non-committal. I love it. Now, were you aware of the satanic settle, uh, satanic temple lawsuit over Sabrina? Were you aware of that at all? I did hear that. And I began to wonder, you know, Abby asked me about it. She said, do they have a valid lawsuit? And I said, well, not having read it, yeah. what little I know they're, they're talking about some statue in it. And yeah. I said, that would be like Christians suing the film industry every time a cross was in it. Well, it has been settled. Uh, that they really? they were accusing Warner Brothers and Netflix of copying the Temple's goat-headed statue in their new Sabrina series, which is kind of uh, interesting. And yeah, the lawsuit was uh, amicably settled. We're going to throw amicably into the category of words that I could say if I didn't see it on paper. If I see the word, I can't pronounce it. Okay. So I'm going to throw that in there. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to let you know that was that's one thing that's kind of weird, especially for... Uh, kind of a kid's show on Netflix for the satanic temple to kind of knock on your door and go, hey, we're suing you for maybe it was more of a dollar thing. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I am sh more shocked that there hasn't been an outcry from the, yeah. the more religious community going, oh my God, this is a children's show about right. Satan. Because it does 100% get into they're worshiping the Dark Lord and your hero is battling with giving herself to the Dark Lord. It's, oh boy. It's shocking in that way. In a lot of ways... Adolescence is <laughs> is that okay? Sorry, before we get way off track, let's uh, <laughs> we'll shut the projector down. I told you, folks, it's going to be a crazy ride today. Um, thank you, Todd. Appreciate that. Um, before we get into the fall movie schedule, I do have a judgment on Jeff's judgment on today, and I promise to try. Uh, I've thought about how I'm going to put this for a while, 
it's concerning uh, Bethesda's new game, Fallout 76, and, and I went over in my head a couple times about what I would say and how passionate I would get. So I'll just uh, kind of settle it into this little um, 20 to 30 second soundbite. So recently, Fallout 76 was released uh, across all consoles and PC. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Fallout, it is a post-apocalyptic um, setting. It is a role-playing game where you have a character and you build up skills and uh, go fight mutants and stuff like that. The whole idea behind Fallout is the Fallout shelter. So these are shelters where they knew that the bombs were coming and they put a bunch of people into the shelter and then the games generally start where you are getting out of the shelter and then going out into this wasteland and trying to solve a number of mysteries or, you know, survive. Uh, Fallout 70, uh, Fallout, the series so far, has been a single-player game, meaning that uh, you generate a character and then it's you versus all the AI artificial intelligence in the game. Fallout 76 was going to be a uh, landmark game for Bethesda because it was going to involve online capability. Uh, real quick opinion there, I don't know what the... Uh, attraction that some of these game executives have to taking a successful game. Bethesda also did Skyrim, which is a hugely popular uh, RPG role-playing game set more in the Dungeons and Dragons uh, lore. Um, but for some reason, they keep trying to take games like Elder Scrolls, and uh, I hear that there's uh, well, Elder Scrolls did become Elder Scrolls Online, and then Fallout 76, uh, the online version of Fallout. <clears throat> I don't know what the draw is there, but here's the turn. This game, which I'm laughing a little bit inside because it, it used to be that when a game came out on disc, now usually you can buy them digitally, they're $60. But, very, but more and more I'm noticing as I find a game that I'm interested in and want to buy, I have to dig a little deep to find that $60 version. Um, more prevalent and available to my eyes and my wallet are the $129 versions, which simply don't uh, don't actually uh, include anything tangible. You get a skin, you get a weapon, you get something that basically will show other gamers online that you spent $129 for the game. There's also a $79 version. <clears throat> my point being, these games are getting more and more uh, expensive. And the same thing that the music industry went through where CDs and then digital, you would expect to see the price shrink due to the lack of materials needed or less materials needed to deliver the product in which we as the consumer listen or play. So the digital version, basically you just go on and buy it and it downloads to your console or PC and then you can play it. Okay, so where is Jeff going with this? Shame on Bethesda. You have delivered a subpar, untested, buggy, and yet charged even more for this game that is incomplete. I don't have time to go through all of the issues with the game, but it basically centers around um, <clears throat> erratic behavior from monsters and stuff. You can walk up to a monster, it won't move, um, and you can shoot it a million times and it won't die. The other thing they've taken away is all of the interaction between non-playing characters. In Fallout, one of the great things is you could go meet these characters and they would talk to you and give you missions and you'd build a relationship. Right now, all of that correspondence is done on these little micro tapes that you find and plug in and listen. 
So there's no ever real connection in the game. I think the intention of Bethesda was that you would do that with a friend. But for those people that just want to go on and play, and then if you run into somebody and you want to join up and play together, that's fine. But even then, things get extra buggy as far as um, frame rate and uh, how you split up loot and some other things in it. The bigger picture here that I wanted to call attention to the kind listener is I see this as a growing trend. You had games like Fortnite that came out. Fortnite was free when the multiplayer came out. They were developing and fixing bugs. The gamer, the consumer, paid nothing. Then we had PUBG that came out. Actually, PUBG came out first. I think on the Xbox, it was a lower price. It was 25 bucks. Also in beta. Also being fixed. But for the first time in a long time, other than No Man's Sky, which, in, which came out on the PS4 and was hugely unpopular, and that company actually ended up giving refunds, there has been no other release that has had a lower opening rating than Fallout 76. I hope the gaming industry takes note that if you're going to develop the game after its release or give a beta release, that we as the gaming community expect to pay less for your opportunity to fix your game by us playing it. If you're going to do a full release at full price, I ask, and I think there are other gamers that ask, please have a finished product. Um, we see this more and more, even with uh, Call of Duty 4 Blackout, which is the Battle Royale version. It was very buggy in the beginning. I think that um, I just don't want to see the trend be the consumer pays the same price and fixes the over uh, overall bugginess of a game that is rushed to publish. And I'll, uh, Todd, if you have a few words on that, and then we'll, we'll move on to happier stuff. You know, it's funny that you mentioned about having to pay a premium for a game and not really knowing what you get because just recently with Red Dead, um, I started running into a bit of a, a game save issue where in the middle of the game it would say, you need to clear all your past saves or not saving correctly. And so I was like, okay, this is annoying. It keeps happening. It keeps happening while I was forced to go back and look at the game. And, and then I saw that I got extra content. And even looking at, you know, according to what my Xbox One says, I'm like, okay, that says what, that's what I got. But what am I getting that's different anyway? I, all I've done is pay for this crap. And you're absolutely right. When I finally looked into it, it was that I got some gun belt that, you know, who gives it? Because I'm not playing against anyone. No one's going to see it. Now they are opening the online version of yes. Red Dead. And which that sounds cool. But, you know, I look at that and I think, that, okay, that's bad on me for being stupid enough to pay for that because I should look and say, oh, okay, well, I really didn't get anything. I'm the one that was duped into it. I do think you make an incredibly interesting point about how they release these games, the cost to production yet the, what we as the consumer are still paying because it is more expensive with the disc removed. Now, what they can argue then is, yeah, but now we have to put servers in place that allow for the download, so you're still paying. We're still accounting for that. We can look at that back and forth, but it does seem like it, there should be a digital discount to an extent. Um, I, yeah. I think that when it comes to games and whatnot, I, I'm very interested to see... I think they have the possibility where movies and thing, uh, TV perhaps don't, where you could release something that's not 100% ready and you could say to the populace, look, we, we need to essentially raise money for this. So we're going to give you a version of this to play right now. 
And look, we know it's going to be buggy. It's going to be this. And whenever you, when you finally buy the full game and you'll have to buy the full one, we'll give you 10% off of it. They need to do something like that. If that's what they're going to do as fallout yeah. did, where you're going to have these problems, tell people, this is what we're releasing. This is it. Because I do think that's a rampant problem where you read time and time again, Hey, I'm doing this and it won't work. Yeah. I think it was destiny. Uh, I want yeah. to say that yeah. had a ton of problems like that. Yeah. It, it, and I like your I like your solution because yeah it, I mean that's what beta tester was I remember long time ago when games were coming out there were people that were playing games months before they were released but they were on the beta test and I think really I think when it comes to the gamer's mindset you know if I if I if I you know from the beginning let all the gamers know hey this is going to be something tested it's not finished yet their mindset completely changes. But if you are paying $129 for the Fallout Gold Edition, whatever it is that comes with whatever skin and gun and all that other stuff, and then you can't use it, find it, and or play the game, that's a huge issue. That's a huge issue. So we'll see. It's actually, like I said, its rating score is lower than No Man's Sky. I don't have time to get in all that, but No Man's Sky was another game that was released on the PS4 that was rampant with issues and bugs and all this other stuff, and they ended up giving refunds uh, for that game. But... Um, uh, and I love Bethesda. They're they're one of the most trusted gaming um, developers that are out there. I mean, they've got a gold standard as far as reputation. Um, and it's sad to see this. And I think it's pressure from the gaming community. But at the same time, I'd much rather wait for a well-developed, ready-to-play game, <clears throat> Red Dead Redemption 2, than, than to have something rushed, not work, download it. And uh, by the way, it's 100 gig to download that game. So not only are you talking about huge disk space on your uh, Xbox, but now something that doesn't work. So thank you for <laughs> letting me, excuse me, have my little rant there. Uh, we'll keep you up to date. Yes, and I, and I did want to mention too, Red Dead Redemption Online's coming. So maybe you and I can get online and uh, have some adventures. We'll start the other kind Radio Bandit gang. And uh, rather than doing bad things, we'll just go fishing. <laughs> you know that's funny you mentioned that because not too long ago my wife she always seems to walk in during red dead and this is the right. first one in this one when i'm skinning an animal she's like dear god that is disgusting <laughs> well this time she walked in while i was fishing and she went are, are you fishing mm. i said i am i'm really trying to get this big fish out of here and she went how much money did you pay the fish <laughs> i was like okay shut up and leave but yeah, you, we we can go fishing um, every Monday. We can collect herbs together. Yeah, too. let's go. Let's do it. We'll do that. <laughs> it's in beta release, and then I think it's, it's towards the end of the month that it's going to be available on the console. So, I, I think it's really uh, it beta starts today. Oh, do are we included in that? Are, I didn't buy the super expensive one. I don't know if I bought the one to get that one, yeah. but if you bought the super expensive one, you get it today, and I believe it's as soon as Friday that it opens up for everybody. Cool. Well, we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, other kind listener. All right, we've got a few minutes left. Um, we are going to run through the fall lineup of movies here quickly, right? It's December. We're heading into January 2019. And uh, you're going to have family in. There's going to be toys around. There's going to be people making noise, video games, kids crying. What better way to celebrate Christmas holiday season than to go put everybody in a dark room for two and a half hours and watch a movie. So here are the other kind radio, Todd and Jeff's run through of your fall lineup, winter lineup of movies for the rest of the year. Again, this was all started by a conversation I was having with the kind listener, Chris, saying that there's like nothing that came out. And I guess over 
Thanksgiving weekend. The big one was Creed. Which... Well, there was Ralph Breaks the Internet, and that's a oh. huge family film, and it got outstanding reviews. Okay, I never, I never saw the first one, but the the word was it's great. So there is stuff out there, whether you want to see it or not. Their stuff. Okay. So we're looking forward, not back. Um, we're going to start out with December 7th coming up, Mary Queen of Scots. That's going to have some uh, Gemma Chan, Margot Robbie, and some other names I don't know. Mary Queen well, of Scots, what do you think? Well, let's, let's look at this real quick. And I'm actually going to backtrack real quick. And okay. I just want to say, here were the top films at the box office mm. during the past week. And it was yes. Ralph Burke's Internet, number one, Creed 2 at number two, which if you did not see the first Creed, by the same director as Black Panther. Very good movie. Now, I've heard this one's a little bit more what you expect from a Rocky-type film. But, you know, worth seeing. Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, which is a little bit more faithful uh, telling of it. You've also got Fantastic Beast, which carries on the Harry Potter stuff. And then we get into stuff that's been out for a while, Bohemian Rhapsody. So there are things out there, especially family-oriented things. And that's what you're going to see right now. But with the movies that you're just looking at, Jeff, right now we begin to see... This is also award season. This is when the studios start going, Ooh, we make important films. So Mary Queen of Scots is a new film that tells about Elizabeth I, Queen of England. Uh, it has Margot Robbie in it. David Tennant, who I love. It's already getting great reviews, so expect to hear from that for award season. Okay. Uh, then we start getting into, you know, and Jeff and I are looking, hey. we, we actually have the same list to look at here. And Right. So so real quick, we'll end it up, we'll do a short little summary and, and tell the kind of listeners to look forward to, and then I think we should end with, are you going to go see Mary Queen of Scots, film or at home, or movie theater at home? It's going to just depend. Uh, this is, oh. you know, as a side note, this is archery season for my daughter, so that now means that every weekend I'm driving somewhere to let right. her compete in an archery tournament. All so, right, then let me rephrase the question. What would you prefer to see it? Would you prefer to see it in the theater, or are you going to watch it at home? I think I'd prefer to see it in the theater just because I hear it's shot beautifully and something like that I want to see in a very big format. All right. <clears throat> All right. The next one uh, has an interesting cover. I see a guy hugging a woman who's very disinterested. This is Ben is back. Uh, follows the charming yet troubled Ben Burns, who returns home to, to his unsuspecting family one fateful Christmas Eve. Ben's wary mother, Holly Burns welcomes her beloved son's return but soon learns he is still very much in harm's way during the 24 hours that change their lives forever holly must do everything in her power to avoid the family's downfall okay so julia roberts lucas hedges courtney b vance Catherine newton ben is back back again it's a a, a drug tale the kid's in trouble oh. uh, it's an important <clears throat> film uh, anytime you have that kind of pedigree where it has julia roberts as a star of it and you start seeing that there's drugs it's we're trying to be important and and everything i hear about it is very very good i will tell you that's i will about, that's about all i know i will wait and that's probably be at home to watch this i that it's going to depend that that may be a film that i go to the theater because my daughter wants to see it oh. obviously anything with uh teenagers she starts getting interested and so okay. she may ask me to see it and if that's the case i'll go all right, and our next film is Vox Lux with uh, Jude Law, Natalie Portman, Christopher Abbott, and William Defoe. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, and the description, unusual set of circumstances brings unexpected, unexpected success to a pop star. So it's A Star is Born. Yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a director that has doesn't have a huge amount of work behind him. He's also done uh, acting. So... 
a, a lot of times when you find people like Jude Law and Natalie Portman willing to do something like this, it's going to be an interesting take. I, I don't know a ton about this film, uh, except that what little I've seen, it looks like it's shot beautifully. Now, that does not mean I'll go see this one in the theater. Right. Uh, yeah, I probably will wait to see what happens. Not very interested in that one. Uh, yeah. You want to cover the next one? Yeah, you know, and Jeff, I'm honestly looking at a lot of this because now we get into documentaries, and the next one on this list is Divide and Conquer, the story, the story of Roger Ailes, yeah. the head of Fox News. This is, again, IMDb is going to cover every film that's coming out, so I'm almost wondering for yeah. the sake of let's speak to Absolutely. our if we don't skip ahead. Yeah, let's skip ahead. Um, when I look on here, and this is coming out uh, December 7th, I'm actually going to say they're re-releasing Schindler's List in the theaters for its 25th anniversary. So oh. that is a film that if you did not see that on the big screen, please, please, please go see that on the big screen. That is, to me, to this day, still one of the best movie experiences I've ever had. Can we argue as, quote, unquote, film scholars that the end of it has some problems where Spielberg gets into the typical right. over remote? Yes, However, then he completely vindicates himself with the actual end of the film, which is still one of the most beautiful endings of a film. Good point. Um, Good but point. yeah, if you if you want to go out there and if you got some older kids and they've never seen it, in fact, I've already told my daughter we are going to the movie theater <clears> to <throat> see this. Right. And and I like your idea. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll move along here because again, some of these and and so if I skip over something or we we skip over something, kind listener, we're not doing it uh, um, because we have anything against it. We are simply working against the clock. We're moving on to December fourteenth. Um, I've seen this uh, rumors or, or tidbits about this uh, um, coming out on December fourteenth. Spider Man: The uh, Intro to the Spider Man Verse. I have zero interest in this. Yeah, that's something that I would see maybe when it comes out on home video. I, yeah. I'm always one of those kind of Spider-Man fans. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, cute. I like it, but I'm not a huge fan. But this, you know, that I'm looking at right now, the directors of this are people that have had their hands in uh, Puss in Boots and things like that. And, you know, one of them was really done a ton of work in art departments. Right. So you've got a de decent pedigree associated with it. Right. Um, I don't know much else beyond that. Yeah, kind of no interest. And then the next one I see is Deadpool 2, and I'm not seeing it on here, but but um, there is a Deadpool PG-13 version that's coming out. I don't know if this is a, a mistake for my MDB because I don't think they would re-release Deadpool 2 again because it's just came out. But for those kind listeners out there, there is a PG-13 version of Deadpool that's got Fred Savage in it. They're playing on the Wonder Years, and it's Deadpool that wants to make a clean movie. It's supposed to be funny. I'll definitely uh, check that out. I, you know, I, I would say definitely IMDb just hasn't put the PG-13 version on here. And <laughs> until you told me the the spin on this, I had zero interest because I already liked the movie. I didn't yeah. need to see it again. But if they're going to do something like this, I will find a way to see it. Right. Uh, next up, uh, something that will be on there. This is supposedly his last movie. We're talking about The Mule, directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, based on a true story. Uh, about a guy, an old guy, um, which somebody said that's kind of just a take on a Breaking Bad where due to circumstances forced into a life of crime. Uh, what is your interest on this? So the the story itself, I think, is very interesting. Clint Eastwood of old, I probably would have run to the theater to see it. Right. I've just thought over the past 10-ish years, a lot of his films have become very flat. Okay. Uh, a great example is he took Jersey Boys, which is if you, if you like musicals at all and you ever saw on the stage, was one of those begging to become a movie. And when you saw the movie, it was begging to not be made into a movie. Right. Uh, he just lost his vigor. 
Right. And I'm even going to say right now, we'll, we'll finish up the releases on December 14th, and then we can finish it up uh, next episode as we're running against the clock here. So after The Mule, um, I'll have to say this next movie, direct, directed by Christian Rivers, and I'm sure you know what else Christian has directed, Mortal Engines. Just saw this, um, I think, over the football weekend. Um, knew nothing about it, know nothing. I don't know if it's based on a comic book, but it's basically a post-apocalyptic um, kind of warish thing where cities are now mobile in the air, the land and sea, and then they kind of meet up and, and fight. And so it looks interesting, um, but I could see both a possibility of it being absolutely horrible <laughs> as it's relying on uh, CGI. Do you know anything about the director or, or this film? Well, the director doesn't have a ton of... Uh past work however what really makes this interesting is that this is um oh my god peter jackson i was looking at his face peter Ah. jackson famous of the lord of the rings is the producer behind this and his wife and other co-screenwriter fran walsh and philip aboyans are the ones that wrote the screenplays these are based on very beloved books i i i just think that the the peter jackson that we know now pretty well tends to get in there and and figure out how to tell these big epic stories yes the hobbit had a lot of problems but he even came back and said you know that was famously supposed to be directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro when that fell through he said I should have put it away for a little bit and come back and done my version he knows what he's doing I expect this if there's no studio pressure I expect this to be a pretty good film cool I mean the 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 preview looked good I just didn't know anything about it at all all right, so that was Mortal Engines. That's coming out on December 7th. We're going to finish up December 7th and then call it a day as far as the podcast as we've got jobs to go to. Um, the next one, I don't know anything about this, so let me know if you want to talk about it. If Bale Street Could Talk, um, directed by Barry Jenkins. That name sounds familiar. A woman in Harlem desperately scrambles to prove her fiancé innocent of a crime while carrying their first child. So I, I don't know a ton about the story. I, I've heard some of it, but what's interesting about this is this is by the director of Moonlight, the film oh. that famously got kind of shafted at the Academy Awards. It won the Best Picture, yet they said that La La Land. Did. Yeah, whoops. Um, yeah, oopsies. So let's see if he can follow up that film. I, I, w- I was actually one of the few detractors. I thought the film had some problems narratively, but I thought he you know had a great voice. So I, I'm very excited to see if he can bring that and grow into this film right yeah i'll definitely check that one out um next up is the wedding um directed by sam is it abbas i guess Ramy, a young muslim man is preparing for his wedding with sarah while fulfilling a queer sexuality in secret due to a strict religious and cultural upbringing okay um what do you think about this? Do you know anything about the director? I've kind of left it on it. I didn't know we were headed into, and, and I'm reading the word written out queer. That was not uh, in any way uh, my well, creative. That, that's actually an accepted word now. Oh, okay. Okay, good. As long as you use it in that, that's a, a, a descriptive term that's okay. simply saying that ilk of sexuality. So I don't know if it's a foreign film, but uh, yeah. I don't know much about it. I've, I've read a few things here and there where it's hit, you know, some... Uh, film festivals and whatnot okay. i don't know what to expect and it's going to be one of those if i have time i you know as i've said before i try to get to everything i can right right now it's really not on the radar too okay much. i would agree and then the last one coming out december 7th um is it is it capernaum is that how you pronounce it i, I think so yeah uh directed by nadine uh labaki while serving a five-year sentence for a violent crime a 12 year old boy sues his parents for neglect interesting 
I wish it said if it was based on a true story or not. Um, it's movie poster is basically covered with all these quotes from everybody that's uh, seen it. So prepare to be blown away, blah, 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 blah. This looks heavy. A lot of heavy movies um, coming up. So in, in those heavy movies, I have a tendency to kind of, I, I, I kind of poke and prod before I really get uh, into them just because I've got to go on that emotional journey and uh, see if it's the payoffs is going to be you know, worth it, or if I can let it hang over my head a couple of days after seeing it. Well, again, it, this is the time of year where studios release prestige pictures because according to Academy Award rules, you have to have uh-huh. pictures in by a certain date. They have to show at a certain uh, availability within theaters, etc. There are all these rules. People are making sure they're in if they want these to be considered. Now, things like The Wedding are not going to most likely get Academy Award consideration except for small things. They may, if that is a foreign film, which I, everything about it sure does look that way, but I could be very wrong. Um, actually, it is. It's from Egypt. So oh, you're okay. looking at something where they've got to find a way to release it. So you're going to see a ton of these, but we can hit on this next week as you said we're running out of time. But yeah, I mean, are coming up in at least a tease. You've got Aquaman and Mary Poppins that are going to be absolute juggernauts, right? At the movie theater, you've got big things that are fun. Just know that if you want to see these films that will be on the list of when we talk about the Academy Awards, this is the time of year. Thank you so much for that. Uh, kind listener, we've reached that time where we're going to shut things down as so we've got to get back to our real lives. And I shouldn't say real lives, but our, uh, I guess, IRLs or work job interactions. Boy, I can't talk now. Uh, big thank you to Todd. Todd, thank you for uh, making time and doing this. And um, look forward to talking to you on Sunday. Back at you. Um, kind listener, we're always interested in what you have to say. You can email us. Uh, it's got Jeff at theotherkindradio.com, Todd at theotherkindradio.com, or info at theotherkindradio.com. We're on Twitter. Um, we're also broadcasting now on uh, We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. What was the latest one that we put up that I can't remember? Uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yes, Todd made us uh, available on Spotify, so that's great, too. You can find us there. So I uh, always encourage you to drop us a line. Let us know what you thought, if there's an opinion you don't agree with, or if there's a subject you'd like us to, cop, uh, to cover, we'll be more than happy to do that. Also, while you're listening, if you have a moment, please uh, go on there and give us a little rating. If you want to leave a comment, that'd be great. That helps us with the whole mathematical, simple mind-esque formula that uh, makes all of this possible. So with that being said, for myself, Todd, thank you for joining us from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. You have been listening to The Other Kind Radio. We'll see you. Well, we won't see you but we'll be talking to you on Sunday. Thanks again. Have a good week. The other kind of radio. The other kind of radio. The other kind of radio.